Welcome to another episode of the Training for an Eternal Crown podcast. Uh, this is Reed Glover coming to you. Uh, I work here at Full Count Ministries, and we're continuing to walk through our new idol study. I guess it's not new anymore, um, but idol study uh, that we're using in our Woodbat Fall League, and excited you to come to you for the third week here, um, looking at the devotional titled Occupied with Flesh. Um, and so far... We've covered a couple different idols, kind of taking a different tiered look at uh, different idols in our world today. Started with indulging in self. Uh, last week we talked about delighting in things, uh, and this week we'll be talking talking about um, an idol of being occupied with flesh. So I encourage you to go back and listen to the two previous episodes if you haven't already, um, and excited to kind of walk you through uh, this devotional today and hopefully give you some tools in your personal study if you're leading a group. Uh, and just some different ways to look at uh, this lesson today uh, as you teach it and know it and apply it to your life. So without further ado, we're going to jump right in. Um, The scripture for the devotional is Galatians 5.16. And just to preface, we'll kind of be flipping back between Galatians 5 and then parts of Romans 6, 7, and 8. Both letters written by Paul, and I think he does a good job just kind of complimenting uh, this topic in these two places. So we'll be jumping back and forth through there if you're taking notes or uh, just trying to follow along as you're listening. But we'll start with the title scripture here in Galatians 5.16, which simply says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So again, just one more time. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And that's kind of what we're going to be honing in on is Desires of the flesh, and then also walking by the Spirit. So I really just want to answer three questions in our time together today. One, what are these desires of the flesh? So what does this mean in my life? What does this look like today? Um, what are these? Two, why not gratify the desires of our flesh? So it says to not gratify them, but why shouldn't we? So what makes them bad or not worth gratifying, uh, especially how the Bible defines it? And then three, okay, how do I actually live and walk by the Spirit? If that's the way that I'm not going to gratify my desires of the flesh, and if these desires are seemingly bad, how then do I walk by the Spirit, and what does that look like? So that's really the three main questions I want us to answer in our time today. And like I said, we'll kind of be flipping back and forth between Galatians and then Romans chapters 6, 7, and 8. So what are... What are some modern, when we think about modern desires of the flesh, um, we can think about, you know, all the things that are really going to be pulling us away from having Jesus as our king, Jesus as our master, which is something that we'll be coming back to over and over again in this lesson. But anything that's going to occupy, again, occupied with the flesh is the the title of this chapter, but anything that's going to completely occupy and consume our being, our person, our mind, our heart, our thoughts, our desires, anything that's going to occupy that away from God. So we think about just some things that I think about off the top of my head. Social media, how distracting and time-consuming and occupying that can be to where we ignore our own personal walk, other people's needs. We're not present where we're at, where our feet are planted. Um, Lust or porn is such a huge desire of the flesh that so many of you likely listening have struggled or are struggling with. Um, 
that can totally consume and throw us off course in our walk with Christ that is a desire of our flesh. Um, selfishness or covetedness, uh, being materialistic, uh, wanting to just consume and occupy our flesh with things that we can get on, which you talked a lot about last week, and even just like laziness or complacency. These are natural desires of our flesh to be lazy and be complacent and not put effort into especially spiritual things. Uh, that is negative. That is not not growing, not edifying to our relationship with Christ. And really, it's important for us to remember and kind of just talk about together that we naturally as sinners do desire and are inclined away from the things of God. And the Bible speaks really specifically to that. Already going to go ahead and jump into Romans 7, verses 7 through 12. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but um, essentially Paul is saying that the commandments God gave us because we were because of our fall from Adam back in Genesis 2 because of our sin naturally indwelling in us the commandments God gives us immediately spring to life sin in our life because we are so naturally inclined to not do those things For he he uses uh Paul uses the example of covetousness coveting just wanting things kind of jealousy uh in Romans 7 he says indeed I would not have known what sin was except through the law or unless what God kind of commanded me to do. For I would not known what coveting really was if the law had said, do not covet. Verse 8 says, But sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, produced in me every kind of covetous desire. We've all kind of experienced something like that in our lives. Think about, you see like kids or even yourself as a child. If your mom or your dad says, hey, don't do this or don't get this, leave this alone, all of a sudden you have this immediate desire to do or get or be whatever you're not supposed to. It's just the the natural sin inside of you wanting to be defiant to whatever you're being commanded to do. And that is especially true in our relationship uh, in pursuit of a relationship with Christ and how we are seen by God and know God initially before we come to know Christ is that we are just naturally defiant to any naturally leaning away, inclined away from the things of God because of sin in us. And um, Galatians 5 even kind of expands on what these acts of the flesh are, um, and that's going to be in Galatians 5, verses 19 through 21. He says, The acts of sinful nature are obvious, sexual immorality, so kind of like we've talked about lust and porn, uh, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, which is obviously what this whole study is based on, Witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. So all of these things are what the Bible lists as desires of uh, desires of the flesh. And even, you know, we don't even see that word specifically in that text in verse 19. It says the acts of the sinful nature, which really those two terms are synonymous. Our flesh is synonymous with sinful nature and it goes back to Romans 7 like we were talking about how our nature is sinful because of the sin that we have inherited from Adam our sin our, our flesh is just naturally sinful we are naturally def- again naturally defiant to the things of God and so those are kind of the immediate desires of the flesh the Bible speaks to them we can even see them in our own life things that we know that we desire that we shouldn't desire um, that are going to pull us away from our relationship with Christ 
and even in the devotional, um, you kind of see some more on page six there. There's about 10 uh, different acts of the flesh that are compared or contrasted, I guess, with ways to live by the Spirit, and, and 10 Bible verses go along there. So just really encourage you to look at that even in your own study. Uh, if you're looking for specific things or if any of your players or the people you're leading are trying to identify specific things in their life, this is a really good uh, little list you can use. So I encourage you to look at that on page six. So that kind of answers our question, what are the desires? So now we kind of want to move on to, okay, why should we not gratify them? If, if we had, So again, Galatians 5.16, I say, walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So we know the desires are, why should we not gratify them? And uh, verse 17, there's two places in Galatians 5, um, kind of our, our target text that speak to it specifically. Uh, Galatians 5.17 says, For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. So that's one reason um, that just initially, immediately, right off the bat, our sinful nature desires contrary to the Spirit, and that's kind of building on what we talked about uh, just a second ago. And then verse 21 says, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. So that can be kind of the first point that we that we hone in on is that if we live according to the flesh, if we gratify our flesh, we will have no inheritance in the kingdom of heaven. None of the good things, which really just means none of the good things God desires to give you, uh, a relationship with him on this earth and peace and joy and some of the fruits of the spirit that we'll talk about here in just a little while, we don't receive those now. And, and then further down the road, uh, as our life comes to an end and we enter eternity with God, we'll have no inheritance in his kingdom. No, we won't be able to live with him forever. We will be cast out of his presence forever, and we don't we don't receive those things. Romans 8, um, verse 13, kind of just hammers this point home. For it, it says, For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. So just really plainly, if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. And that does not just mean physical death on earth. That means eternal spiritual death, soulful death in eternity, uh, separated uh, from a loving God. Um, there's a there's a really good quote by Cynthia Heimel that I really like that speaks to just her experience. Uh, she lived in New York and was surrounded by uh, people who would eventually become movie stars and just famous actors and, and really wrote about this uh, in her time in ministry. And she, she says, I quote, that giant thing they were striving for, that fame that was going to make everything okay, that was going to make their lives bearable, that was going to fill them with ha-ha happiness had happened, and the next day they woke up and were still them. The disillusionment turned them howling and insufferable. We, we, we don't get the desires that we're truly seeking after when we truly try to gratify our flesh. It's, it leaves us empty. It leaves us broken. It leaves us um, enslaved to that thing and without any type of meaningful inheritance. And then lastly, just on this point, Romans 6, it's a, it just talks about, you know, whenever we are, and we're going to expound on this a little bit more, but just when we are slaves— to that sin, when we feel enslaved by the desires of, the, of our flesh, like we're constantly having to chase after them and meet them and just try to scratch this itch 
of desiring our flesh, we become enslaved to it. And Paul says in Romans 6, verse 21, what benefit did you reap at that time from the things that you're now now ashamed of? Those things result in death. I mean, that is that is plain and simple. Those things result in death. And even more so, when you if you are able to achieve that, whether it's, again, porn or um, a material or some kind of selfish uh, motive that you meet, whenever you do acquire and do those things, all you are left with is shame and brokenness. And ultimately, if those things continue building on each other day after day and week after week and month after month and year after year, they result in eternal death and something we desperately want to avoid. Um, but it, I, so, so for our second point, it's kind of our first point, just a lack of inheritance and, and being left empty, even when we do, are able to kind of gratify those desires of the flesh as the Cynthia Heimel quote kind of spoke to. Secondly, um, our, to expound on what we already talked about, just our desires are contrary to the spirit. They're, they're completely contrary to the spirit. And there's one of my favorite passages in the Bible is in Romans 7, back in Romans 7, it verses 14 through 25, which I won't read all of them, but Paul, Paul just puts such good words behind a feeling that many of us have and that there's like this internal war going on in our body between the things that God has called us to and desires for us and the things that we know are best and then the things that our flesh so desperately and deeply craves that are sinful. And it's this constant battle going on in our soul. And that essentially what Paul says is, what I want to do, I don't do. But what I hate, I do. And again, it, I mean, it just speaks constantly to that battle that we all face, that our desires and our flesh outside of the Spirit of God living in us are so contrary to what God has called us to. And it goes to the point where Paul says, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? I mean, he's just consumed with the feeling of failure and emptiness and brokenness when he is truly trying to, when he is, you know, trying to occupy his flesh with the things of this world or the things that, that we find ourselves in. But man, when we want to do good, evil is right there with us. And even though we delight and love God, the things of God and know how good they are for us, sin does not leave us alone. And we are constantly in battle with sin. And really, before we come to a relationship with Christ, we are enslaved to sin. And that's kind of something that I just touched on. But we are, we are enslaved to sin and to trying to meet the desires of our sin because that that's what we feel like is the only place we can find satisfaction and gratification and and meaning and joy in this world in this life is just by trying to scratch the itch of our flesh that is so sinful but yet leaves us so broken and empty but it's a constant war that we see going on uh, inside of ourselves and one that truly we can't overcome like if if you are in that season of just feeling like you're constantly having to scratch this itch of your flesh, whether it's escaping something by drugs and alcohol or, or relationships, inappropriate relationships or materials or, or or stat, whatever that is, that's, you're just, you feel like you constantly have to scratch that. itch, like you have poison Ivy almost. That is not something you, you, you're never able to satisfy it. I mean, you're constantly having to go back to it. Anytime, you, you consume yourself with occupying your flesh with certain, I mean, you feel 
totally enslaved to it, totally dependent on whatever that thing is. And it's such a just endless cycle, vicious, endless cycle of you having, there's no light at the end of the tunnel, uh, it feels like. And so um, that's that's really why we shouldn't gratify them. I mean, they they have no inheritance. We have no inheritance from them. We're just left empty. They, we're left ashamed, as Paul talks about in Romans. So now we're kind of sitting at the point where, okay, if I know what the desires of the flesh are, and I know that if I gratify them, nothing good is going to come of it, and you tell me that I can't win this war of sin on my own and I'm enslaved to it, which I totally feel, there's no way for me to escape it, then what in the world does it mean to walk by the Spirit? Or how in the world should we try to, like, I just feel hopeless. Like, what's, what's the answer here? And one of the, I mean, just a huge turning point in the Bible and really just the gospel is what I want to hammer home in this last little bit that we have together is in Romans 8. Um, and it's coming right off of what Paul is saying of just this, he's just left with his hands open, like, what do I do? I, I, I know what is good, but I can't do it. And I'm, I'm constantly doing what I hate. And I, I never do what I want to do and the things that I know that are good, even though I have the desire to do what is good. I just can't carry it out. Like what? I just feel lost. And he writes in Romans 8, 1, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, and that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin and sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature but according to the spirit that is the beauty of the gospel and that what we were powerless to do god did by sending his own son in our likeness as a sin offering for us and that is beautiful that is beautiful beautiful news uh paul says in galatians that those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. That word crucified is, is really unique there. I mean, just obviously any of us who are followers of Christ know what it means, what, what that word crucify means or crucifixion, but to think about that we crucify the sinful nature with its passions and desires, that we can they can fall at the foot of the cross and the itch can fall off right off our back, and we never feel the need to eternally just try to occupy our flesh with things. Oh, it's just such a freeing feeling. And those things are, are dead. I mean, they are gone. That is our old self. And now we have a new self in Christ that only comes from Christ. Those, those desires that you have, if you're listening, of lust or porn or being somebody on social media or having something or feeling like you're constantly left wanting more, like those things can fall off at the foot of the cross through what Jesus did as a sin offering for us, offering us new life where our old self can die. It can go. We can turn away from our old self and turn towards Christ in redemption. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful gospel 
that we'll continue expanding on a little bit. But, um, and so kind of, I mean, that's how, right. That's how we walk by the spirit. It's, it's changing our master, right? Like we were, we were slaves to sin. We were chasing the long grace of sin, constantly trying to keep up with it and occupy ourselves with it. And we're no longer slaves to sin. We, we changed our master. We have a new master in Christ who, again, if you listen to last week, just talking about kind of the yoke of Jesus, like his yoke is easy, his burden is light. Like our life is new. Like we have new life in Christ because our master has been changed. And so that's, that's such an important point in this is that if you are struggling with being occupied with the flesh, and we all have been at some point, like we need a new master and we need to change our master where we desire different things and receive new life in Christ. And whenever we do receive new life in Christ, the, the fruit that comes from that is, is totally different than what our sinful nature craves. And, and Paul says this beautifully in Romans 5, verse 22, a great verse to, to memorize if you're looking for Scripture to memorize. Galatians 5, 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit, so what comes from the fruit, not from ourselves— Okay, right? Like we know what comes from ourselves. It's these sinful nature, these sinful acts that we've already read. But with the fruit that comes from the Spirit of Christ in you is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Like that is that is the inheritance we receive immediately from our relationship with Christ outside of just getting to spend eternity with him and in his comfort and in his presence, we receive these gifts of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and et cetera that seem so much better and are so, so much better than having to chase this itch of our flesh, this trying to you know meet the desires of our flesh with anything and everything the world, the world can offer us. And, it, I mean, that is an easy trade-off in my mind of – what a life in Christ offers you and how we live and walk by the spirit, um, in a relationship with Christ. Um, bouncing back to Romans just one more time in our time together here, Romans six verse 13 and 14. Um, again, just talking about how we are dead to sin and alive in Christ. It says in verse 13, do not offer, the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. For sin shall not be your master because you are not under the law, but under grace. And it is by grace we are saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. This is a gift from God not by works that no one can boast. We have a free gift of freedom in Christ offered to you right now, listening right now, that is offered to you and can be your new life. That those instruments, your body that it was once used for wickedness and sin and per the pursuit of sin, God can make new instantly to be used as an instrument of righteousness. And so if you're sitting here saying, what do I do? I, I, I totally identify with this. What do I do? Off Exactly what it says. Offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. Offer yourself to God saying, God, you are my new master, and I trust you, and I know that you love me and want the best for me far better than anything 
I've been chasing, and God, I want to be consumed with you as my new master and a slave to righteousness to where uh, my, my I just so desire to do the things of God and be who God has created me to be apart from anything that I could chase in the world or, or itch myself, itch my flesh with um, that the world offers. And so I hope that's encouraging to you. And, and again, just sin shall not be your master if you are in Christ because you are not under this law but under grace, the grace that comes from Christ who gave you what you didn't, uh, excuse me, gave you, did not give you what you did deserve, uh, and that was death, and gave you um, new life in Christ, uh, in grace uh, that comes from Christ. And so uh, just two last things. Uh, This freedom that you get uh, in Christ is not uh, to be used to just go back to the same way that you were, right? Like It's not like we have redemption and we feel cleansed by the holy spirit and then we go back to the flesh that the things that we are occupying ourselves with no first peter two sixteen says live as people who are free not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil but living as servants of god you have new purpose and new meaning in christ that only christ can give you i'll leave you with this uh, it's a quote from c.s lewis for those of you just straddling the fence wondering, do I dive headfirst into the pool of Christianity, um, as J.D. Greer so nicely says, uh, or do I continue to try to chase this and see if this is truly going to fulfill me like I think it will? Uh, I'll leave you with this. This is from C.S. Lewis. He says, uh, the almost impossibly hard thing to do is to hand your, your whole self to Christ, hand over your whole self to Christ. But it is far easier than what we are all trying to do instead. For what we are trying to do is remain what we call ourselves, our personal happiness centered on pleasure or ambition or the things of this world, and hoping despite this to behave honestly and chastely and humbly. And this is exactly what Christ warned us you cannot do. If I am a grass field, all the cutting will keep the grass less but won't produce wheat. If I want wheat, I must be plowed up and re-sown. Allow Christ to plow you up and re-sow you with seeds and fruit of seeds of seeds that will bear fruit of righteousness and bear fruit from His Spirit. Not that you have to continue chasing uh, the things of this world, but that the fruit of your life will be uh, will bear from the seeds that God plants in your heart. So I just pray. I pray for you who are. Uh, struggling with this and how wearisome and lonely this can be, um, but I encourage you. God wants to, God wants to uh, plow you up and resow you and give you new life uh, found only in Him. So, I pray this is an encouragement to you uh, that these three questions help kind of unpack this devotional to where you can apply it to your life. You can learn it and you can teach it in a way uh, that changes others and God uses, uh, in other people's lives. Um, but thank you for listening to this, uh, episode of the training for an eternal crown podcast. And I look forward to getting back to you soon. Mm -hmm.